We've been living here at the farm now for eight and a half months, and I really feel the need to be moved in. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of Thursday, August the 12th, 2010. Moved in, meaning some way of getting things organized. That's right. Yeah, not living out of boxes and random piles of stuff. That's what I mean by it. And we made good progress on that this week, which is why we decided let's talk about this today on our podcast. In a sense, we're sort of cheating because we say, oh, we live in a 600-square-foot apartment, and we do. But in addition to this little space that we keep heated and cooled where we have our bed and our kitchen and our bathroom and so forth, we have a storage room, we have the shop, we have the covered area, the open air covered area of the pole barn. And then we've got that great big yard, the land itself right. where we live. And don't forget to mention the screen porch. We have a nice size screen porch. We have porch a nice size back. screen porch. Yeah, with a couple of fans, ceiling fans. It's nice. So it's that area outside our little apartment, our little enclosed envelope here that um, has needed organizing for a while. That's right. It's been. As I said, just random bags and boxes hanging around and mixed in and in a jumbled mess so that, quite frankly, I couldn't find most of what I needed. And there, therein lies a problem. That was a condition that we had built up in our suburban home where we couldn't right. find something, so we would go out and buy it. And then later we would find out we already owned it or we knew we owned it, we just couldn't find it. Right. So we ended up with, I think... We now own eight hammers. <laughs> um, yeah, well. And, you know, multiple tools, multiple um, things, I'm sure, you know, dust pots ruffles. that we need. Yeah, I dust bought an ruffle. extra dust ruffle because one of them was packed up in a box for five years. And we can't afford to do that here because we just don't have enough space. So it becomes especially important that we live in an organized way. And it's really making me happy because when I had that bunch of junk in the basement, and, and not, not all of it was junk, but in, in the suburban home. A lot of it was a junk. A lot of it was junk. <laughs> well, it was by the time I opened those boxes five years later. But, um, you know, I didn't know where things were, so it didn't do, do, really do any good to have those things. Now I think I'm on the road to knowing where something is so I can put my hands on it when I need it. And that makes it, and then if I don't need it, which is another thing we can talk about, I'm all, it's also forcing me to go through and say, these are th some things I simply do not need anymore. Yes. And isn't that freeing yes. to be able to say, I honestly don't need this. It, right. I, I need to donate it, give it away, or throw it away. Right. And let's move on. And I think one thing that's nice about um, what you're um, talking about is the system that you, I'll credit you, you came up with the idea of how to store um, these bins full of our things on rolling shelves so that they can be moved moved about. 
So now we have, um, we bought 16 sets of those shelves. We have 16 shelving units, and we're in the process of mounting all 16 of them so that all can be rolled wherever they need to be. And you and I have already accounted now for, all, for the placing of all 16 of them. We know where each one is going to go, and there are, what, four more? Just I think, left that, to assemble. That right. are left to assemble and place on the platforms. And, um, but we made good progress on that last week, and we will make good progress on it in the week to come, in all likelihood, so that we have all 16 built and on platforms and rolling, and we can begin to place the, the materials on them that we have primarily in plastic bins that are semi-transparent so you can look at them and see what's in it. And we also have labels that we can put on each right. bin. Right, and I notice you've already started labeling yours. Mine, I haven't, but I need to. And so. I need to help you with the labels, and I, I know labeling is my thing. But. Yeah, you, you're you really good with that label maker, so I'll let that be your thing. But I think you had another good suggestion the other day, which was to let the storage room be my area and the shop be your area, so we keep our things a little bit separate. And I'm just amazed and delighted that you found that acceptable. I thought you were going to give me grief about it. So it was just like, oh, she likes it. Good. <laughs> and I and I do think it makes sense yeah. because all the things that you feel it necessary to accumulate, you can figure out a way to store in the storage room. All the things that I feel it necessary to accumulate, I can fig place them in the shop, and um, I really think it's going to work well. All right. So. Well, which gets us down to what is it we really need, and I'm struck. As I reflect on what we've done here, even now, as simplified as our life is, and it is radically simpler than it was when we lived in our suburban home, I'm aware we've got a lot of things we don't need. I know. So we yeah. could be even simpler and still be just and be fine. fine. Yeah. I have trouble getting rid of memorabilia. That's my big problem, but that's a whole, we could have a whole podcast about that because I've been doing cleaning out, not only organizing here, but cleaning out at the suburban home in the basement and finding myself saying, I don't need that right now, but gee, I don't want to get rid of this card that my daughter made me when she was five and, or a little thing she wrote in school and said, I love my mommy. And yeah, you know, she misspelled words in the sweetest little way. You know, I just thought I can't do that. So um, so we accumulate yeah. that memorabilia, and yeah. I think within reasonable limits, that's an entirely appropriate thing for us to do. Yeah. But the the question becomes, do you accumulate every single card every person ever wrote you, or no. do you do some editing? I do and, some editing, yeah. yes. So, and we could also have a whole other podcast about the things that our children have left behind, because um, that's the other thing I discovered that um, we really just thought they had moved out, but they haven't completely moved out. <laughs> and, you know, that's probably, uh, we can have that conversation right now. If we continued to live in the suburban home, we would probably continue to store their uh, Their memorabilia, yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah. 
But one of the decisions we have made when we have decided to simplify our lives this way is we can no longer be the warehouse for our children's treasures. They're going to have to, you know, if it's not important enough to them for them to take it, then it's not important enough for anyone to keep. It needs to be. But, and this is where I know you and I differ, I do not want to throw it away until they've had a chance to go through it. Um, I don't want to make that decision for them. So hopefully we will. I do differ on that. Because they've had plenty of chances to go through it, it just wasn't important enough to go through. And if it's not important enough for them to go through it, then it's not important enough for us to And one thing I've discovered through my foray into the basement is that they probably didn't know it was there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I'm really willing to cut them some slack. But enough of that argument. We could, Like I said, that could be a whole podcast. And I'm sure that anybody who's listening who is a pack rat the way I am or accumulates, you know, I'm sure I don't think I'm a hoarder, and I know what that word means now, but I, I have trouble parting with something if I think, A, I might need it again, or B, it has some kind of sentimental value. So, you know, that's that having been said, Maybe there's a, a self-help group for me or something. <laughs> and let us acknowledge that you are, in many senses, your mother's daughter. You come by that honest. Right. Mama, God bless her, um, loves to accumulate. And, and has warned me not to throw anything and away. And has warned both of us <laughs> <laughs> that we must not throw anything away because we will regret it. Right. So, um But just one more word, if we can, about this duplication of things. I guess what I wanted to say about that is that there is one sense in which you have the luxury of having eight hammers or seven hammers or however many we had by the time we finished accumulating all those things. But there's another sense in which that's a real curse. It's an albatross hanging around our neck. And there is something very freeing to me about having one good hammer that hangs in a location where I know it is and can get to it easily. And the only problem comes up when you lose that hammer and then you don't have another one. Well, sure. If if you lose that hammer and that's the only one you have, then you've got a problem, but you shouldn't lose it. All right. If, if you have one, I agree. Yeah. then you take care of it and... Put, put it, it where back it where it's, when you finish well, using I think it that's, and, and that's part of the point I think we're trying to, we're both arriving at today, which is organizing things means you then hopefully by implication, when you finish using it, you put it back in that spot immediately. It, immediately. Yes. Um, because if you don't, you really haven't organized it too well. If it's, if it's still just going to be lying around somewhere. So, you know, I think we're on the same page. I about agree. That. Um, we had a little bit of an adventure, I guess it was a week or so ago, bringing down a dead tree, and we both spotted it. We said, ooh, that bluejack needs to come down. What a great tree for firewood. And we realized when we took it down that it was too late. We had waited too long to bring that tree down. So because the wood was rotten, rotten and couldn't no be longer used, usable yeah. as firewood. So we've learned a valuable lesson. We need to be sort of eyes up as we walk around the property and say, ooh, that tree is dying, that tree is dead, let's go ahead and bring it down and cut it up so that we can use it for firewood. 
because you can't wait too long. If you wait too long, it's too far gone and you can't yeah. make it work. We did get a little bit of mulch out of it, though, didn't we? We, we did, that, that did get jack. some mulch yeah, out of so it. That's good. Although blue jacks are raunchy for mulch. If you remember that blue jack, blue jacks, it's like a blue jack oak. And the branches are gnarled and twisted and they grow in funny directions. And as a result, it's real hard to get them into the belly of the chipper. Right. Um, yeah, I, I hope for the sake of having not to, not having to do that, I hope that our blue jacks on this property stay nice and healthy. <laughs> you bet. But that's the other thing with the blue jacks. They, they are uh, temperamental yeah. and they do die easily. Yeah, so. unfortunately. Well, we're on a regular routine with the clothesline now, I am delighted to report. Right, we're using it. And it's kind of fun to watch the sun. I mean, you don't watch the sun dry up, you know, to hang something out. And I mean... You know, most items, if it's a hot, sunny day, it's just a couple of hours and it's dry. Or less. Or less, depending on what the item yeah. is. So um, it is fun. But I'm having some, um, I, you know, my main uh, objection or whatever reservation about it is just humid days or days when it's threatening rain. You know, I, I don't, I still might need to do the laundry that day. So, you know, we, we may run into some problems, but we have had just a long stretch of dry weather that's been perfect. We certainly have had good drying weather. <laughs> that was, there was that one day that we hung everything out, and then before it was dry, we had to take it down because it started raining. So it was one of those pop-up thunder showers. Exactly. But so I guess that's just going to happen. We're learning to put the clothes out. We're in the Mid-South in central Alabama, and we've learned that here in central Alabama at least, you can pretty much depend on the sun to be shining in the summertime in the morning. And by about 12.30 or 1 o'clock, it's going to be cloudy. And if there's going to be rain, it's very likely to be in the afternoon. So for us, that has meant most of our clothes drying needs to happen in the morning. Mm -hmm. But not too early, because our clothesline doesn't get full sun until about 10 o'clock. Which is plenty early for me because yeah. if so I get up means, and wash a load, you know, works. You, that means we've got, you know, two, three, four hours there that are good drying time for clothes, and those are the hours we need to use. So if you're working in the office all day, it's hard to get clothes on the line and off again mm -hmm. before, the, before you have a risk of a pop-up thunderstorm. Because we're here at the farm all day, that's very easy. We have the luxury for us of doing do. that. That's right. So, um, and I know you planted grass out there, and it's it's doing pretty well because of the drought. You've had to water it a good bit. We have, um, and we've got some ant beds forming. I stood in an ant bed as I put the clothes on the line the other day, and um, as much as we're organic in every other sense, I'm not above using a little andro or whatever it takes on those ant hills because. It's no fun to get stung while you're hanging you're out You're right clothes. about that. We'll, we'll explore that and see what uh, options we have. But we want you to be able to stand on that grass and not worry about being bitten by ants. Right. You're right. Uh, but the, question, the reason you bring up the grass is our concern that it, it may be getting too much foot traffic just because we're keeping that clothesline area so busy. I think it's not. I, I don't think th it's okay. Yeah, I think it's not like we run along that right. path, so we, we'll see. Yeah, we're not playing touch football out there. Nope. We're just walking around, hanging up clothes. Um, th the other question you had the other day is, will this work as well in the wintertime? And mm -hmm. I think 
that's a, a really good question. We may have to be somewhat more attentive to when we dry clothes. You say, oh, there are some days when I need to wash clothes and it's not the right day to hang out on the line. My response to that is, okay, then that means you don't wash clothes that day. But I understand you're, you and I are not quite together. Not on quite. That. But I, I do think in the wintertime, it'll be interesting to see if it's kind of like the sun oven. As long as it's a sunny day, you can get your results that you want. As long as it's not freezing, as long as your clothes don't freeze on yeah. the line, if it's above freezing and it's sunny, I see no reason why they wouldn't dry. Um, the problem with wintertime down here in central Alabama is that you sometimes get a rainy spell Yes, and, where you you might yeah. have four or five days when you say you have cloudy weather almost every day and humid and just dank and you know it's not going to dry real well. So, but we have um, I had, did have really good experiences drying things, not only in the clothes dryer but also um, in the laundry area of the storage room. I have you know some little um, drying racks mm -hmm. and I've had good luck getting things to dry overnight down the, in that. And so. I saw a fun video, uh, Peak Moments, Janaea Donaldson uh, had a video about the, the way her uh, house is structured and they have inside clothesline for cloudy days. Okay. So we could certainly do that if we needed to. Right. We have all kinds of options. Yeah. 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 Well, good. Well, we'll talk more about that when that happens, I guess. Uh, before we leave, we just want to talk about next, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be planting some, some more vegetables for the fall garden. That planting has actually already begun. And one of the items that had been planted um, was our purple hull peas. Uh, and we are, well, I planted them in successive, successive plantings. The first of those are fruiting, and I found little purple hole pea peas on the on the uh, plants today. And that is so exciting. I got exciting. very excited because there were a lot of them. So, um, and I'm starting to harden off some of the little um, transplants for maybe planting next week. And what what, what uh, varieties are they? Cabbage. That you're hardening it's off? cabbage. Okay. So, so we shall see uh, what we what happens with all that, but we'll keep you posted next week and we'll be ready to tell you next week all about how all of that is doing and i guess uh probably during this next week to come you will be planting several things on in your fall garden i'm planning to yeah and we hope to see you then take care you've been listening to long leaf breeze with lee and amanda borden we'd love to hear from you you can call the farm at 334-625-8682 Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.